Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I don't know why you look at me every time we start. Like <laughs> the laugh is hilarious. Wow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick. Oh, okay. Oh, My name's oh, Nancy. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do the, the whole spiel. I guess not anymore. Okay. That's true. I guess I, people should still know that I teach fifth. Actually, I don't. No, you don't. Now, I teach third through fifth social studies and writing now super lit that's what i teach so yes and what do you teach Um, i'm antonia i teach kindergarten just kindergarten (laughs) (laughs) nothing extra (laughs) and welcome back to the common sense podcast um before we begin thank you guys so much for all the love that you gave us um when we released our first couple of episodes the feedback has been amazing so good so thank you so much for that um and before we get into the good news i have a question for you oh no (laughs) we're gonna play a game okay i hate games (laughs) okay this is simple one gotta go you ready Smart board, chart paper, or a whiteboard that goes on your wall. Dang. Um, do I have a projector in my classroom? No. Not at all. Okay. I would get rid of the smart board. Really? Yeah. I. It's actually something I want to use less of this year. What? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm like I'm dead serious. I feel like I use too much of it in kindergarten. Like this additional screen time, it's not okay with me. Um, so I want to use less of it. The ed tech people are gonna be pissed when they <laughs> hear that. Yeah, I, I bet they will. But like when I looked at my class schedule last year and all the small pockets that we were using the screen for something, like I'm pretty sure it equaled like more than thirty minutes out of our day which isn't okay. Like I, there was some study from some develop. I think it was a psychology um, association, developmental psychology, something where okay. they listed out times that young children should have screen access. And like, it really, it's detrimental before like age seven, I think, but don't quote me on that. I won't, I won't okay, quote you. you. <laughs> but yeah, I want, I, I would get rid of a smart board. I was thinking about this a lot. Um, and I probably would get rid of the smart board just because it's the least interactive. Um, I think chart paper is so critical for like teaching and learning and like having that teaching and learning sustain over time. Mm-hmm. And then like whiteboard is just an essential, like, I don't know. But I feel like the smart board is, it's more of a luxury I feel yeah yeah and not a lot of schools have smart boards anyway um well more and more have them 
today, but it's still not something that everybody um, has. And I think you can still do um, the job without it learning without it but I use mine every day so it's really interesting that I'm even saying this personal challenge (laughs) I think I would get rid of it I think I do remember when I taught last year this kid tripped over the court and (laughs) it broke (laughs) it was broken so I didn't really have a smart board so I really had to um improvise you had to work I actually had to work I had to like write things down and like I think the only thing with the smart board is that like you cannot like when you put things on it or when you write things down like you have to obviously turn it off or erase it um or or move on where those other two the uh whiteboards and the chart oh, paper they can you know hang around. You see yeah and you get to interact with them over time so yeah that's all okay that wasn't uh, terrible and- no, no. <laughs> you did well. I wish I had a bell or something. I'm going to like <laughs> No joke points for you. <laughs> oh, that would mean I would have to download the app again. It's a <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Any good news this week from you? Yes. Yes. I met 77 of the kindergartners. We have... um. Oh. I know. They were so cute. We have kindergarten camp, which... It's like a half day thing, um, and it's a way to kind of alleviate the stress for both the child and the parent before the first day of school. Um, so they get to meet all of the kindergarten teachers. We get to eat in our cafeteria. We get to have a visit to the library, play on the playground, and they get to also meet all the children they'll see on the first day of school. So it's in hopes that maybe they remember that experience. So on the first day, we don't have as many tears. Um we only had one little one cry this year, which was very, really impressive. Um, so I think they're ready to go. I was excited. Did they do preschool at all? Some of them did. Um, and then some were coming from our pre-K program um, that we have at the school. So it's just a wide range of experiences before kindergarten because pre-K is not required in Texas. And neither is kinder, but yeah. Oh, Wow. Um, I remember when I taught <laughs> second grade at a at a school, they had a a a coping room for parents to go in with tissues and candy and uh, our our counselor so that they can talk through their feelings about leaving their children for the first time. We have something like that. It's called the Boohoo Breakfast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So the first day of school at like 7.30, I think, 7.45, whatever time we start, they she comes on the announcement. And she's like, okay, it's time for you to go have a boohoo breakfast. You can cry on your way out, but like leave your child. So there's like muffins and coffee and stuff, and they can gather and cry about leaving their children with us. That's so creative. It's cute, though. I love it. Um, I have a couple of pieces of good news. Um, one is, I know this is a tad bit late if you're measuring um, through the internet standards, but LeBron opened a school. <laughs> and I think that that is good news. That is good news. Um, and he didn't just open a, a charter school or a private school. He actually opened a traditional public school. My man's. It's important. I mean, people open up schools like um, 
apps on their phone. I don't know if that really worked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let me apply for it, this charter real quick. Right. Let me, let me, let me get this charter real quick. <laughs> Open, right? And the charter board approves them, you know, just as fast as they close them. So I think that uh, the fact that LeBron is using his wealth to not only invest in the students, but invest in his hometown, like, you know, schools are investments in the communities in which they serve. And so because it's a traditional school, it's now wrapped into the, uh, you know, that city's budget, which will in turn ensure that it has a long lasting effect where so, charters come and go. So what do you think about the petition that's floating around to have LeBron replace Betsy? Um. <laughs> that's a bit much for me. I think Betsy can go on her own. You know, Betsy should have never been there from the get-go. You know, Betsy, I don't even have much to say about her. Just the fact that she's a clown. She's always been a clown. And I don't like that she's from Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Michigan is oh, yeah. already messed up as it is. It's already a shitty place. You know, Michigan definitely deserves to be in the South. And it's people like Betsy who, you know, really allows those conservative Michigan values to shine through. Um, and I hope that somebody sinks her yacht next time. Don't just damage it. Just go ahead and just sink Just sink it. Just go ahead and sink it. We don't, don't really need it. Just untie the cord. Yeah, just untie it. Just sink it. So, um, yeah, so shout out to LeBron. I also wanted to give a shout out to a young woman. Um, her name is Casey Kelly. Um, and she is the, I believe, the owner or the, the person who started something called Blended Designs. And she has created a line of backpacks with, um, you know, black kids on the back. Oh, and, I've seen those. I, the name yeah. I, the name didn't ring a bell, but I've seen those. And it's like, I can do anything on um, something. Yes. Yes. They're Just adorable. Like oh, shout out to yeah. Beyonce. Right. So it's just like I was super like impressed by the quality of them. And like I would wear one of those. So I want to shout her out, you know, just constantly showing us how important representation is, especially when you're talking about school. Like we want our kids to, you know, enjoy school and see themselves at school and you know, and the and the backpack is one of those school supply staples. And it's like, you know, I got a kid who looks like me on a backpack. Like, I belong here. Yes. Yes. They're beautiful. They are. So shout out, you can check her out at Blended Designs on Instagram. And the last one. We got I a lot to shout out. <laughs> it's just so much good things happening in the world. What Chloe and Hallie say? Still cool people in the world. Shout out to them. <laughs> um, I want to shout out a woman. Um, her name is Nina Gordon from Detroit. And she has started a nonprofit called Charlie's Journey. And she is creating a um, pilot program to involve students um, in Detroit who are on the autism spectrum to get involved in a variety of after-school programs. Um, she was just on Fox 2 Detroit. Um, and her whole thing is that, 
you know, kids with autism have the potential um, to work in career fields that that they see fit and that they don't um, have to be subjected to these programs or these jobs that are like, you know, oppressive, if you will, um, just because they have special needs. And, and so her job is to um, you know, having a son who's on the autism spectrum to create those opportunities for them. Um, I talked to her over the weekend and she's like, like, we can't wait on the government to create these programs. Like these parents, like us parents, we have to get out there and create what it is that we want to see for our children um, because the city ain't doing it. And so she's getting on the ground they already have filled up space for the STEM program. They currently have a waiting list. Um, it's going to take place at the Detroit Public Library starting in October. That's amazing. So they're currently right. So they're currently raising funds to supplement the costs for those um, families who are involved. And this is so special to my heart because you know she's doing this for her son Charlie, and Charlie is my youngest brother. Um, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and Nina is, you know, his mom who I've grown up with um, since I was a very young boy. So I've just uh, been in awe of her work, her diligence as she creates this organization. So shout out to Nina. And if you want to donate, I'm sure you can go to Facebook and type in Charlie's Journey. Or Google Charlie's Journey Detroit or something like that. And I'm sure you'll be able to find it so that you can donate money um, and help get this thing off the ground. Grassroots is really the way to go. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> here we are. Got something to say? <sighs> well, folks, the time has come to discuss this thing that we call teachers pay teachers. Now, before we get into the craziness of it, can you just tell me how you heard about it? <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, goodness. It must have been like during my last, maybe my junior or senior year of undergrad. And people were... You know how you do those silly presentations where you have to, like, show how you'll use technology in the classroom? Um, sure. And someone – there was a slide, and it had Pinterest on it. Because I remember using Pinterest for, like, home things, but I didn't know that it had, like, educational pins on it or, work, like, things you could do in the classroom. Um, and, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Teachers Pay Teachers was on there because I had never explored the platform. Like, I know I knew about it before my first year teaching. And I had some idea of it like during student teaching because I purchased some water cycle task cards during student teaching. Um, but I don't remember if it was like that last year or the junior year, but what would that have been? That would have been kind of right after it started, I think, because that was 2015. It started 2014, I think. Um, and I graduated 2016. So it was early on with TPT. But I don't know. How'd you learn about it? I heard about it... During my first year, no, 
second year of teaching, not the first year, because the first year of teaching, we <laughs> we had such a the script, rigid, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we did. So there was no deviating from that script. But when I was transitioning to DCPS, someone was like, hey, you should check out TPT. Don't invent the wheel. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, teachers supporting other teachers? Like, I can get with I'm it. Down. I'm here for it. And um, I went on the website and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this is so cool. Um, There were so many things I saw. Like letters and border and clip art. Fonts. Um, Don't forget the fonts. Things fonts and themes and can't forget those worksheets so interactive <laughs> so worksheets very interactive and so um i purchased a lot of things on there in an attempt to make my job quote unquote easier um so i think i bought like a theme bundle once which cost like 30 something dollars I bought, I actually, if I tell you this, you're going to die. I bought a Thanksgiving bundle. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to say. Yeah, <laughs> I did. How much did you spend well, on that? It was probably about 20 something dollars. But oh, I remember God. I was like, wow, it came with a PowerPoint and everything. It was awful. Luh. It was awful. I'm sure. Um, and then I also bought like some random worksheets on there. Um, yeah. So I, it was a big part of my second year of teaching. Um, and then I started to feel some kind of way about it. Was there like one pivotal moment that made you feel some type of way about it? Well, one, I was just like, you would have to shift. Like, sift through so much just to find one piece of um, semi-quality work, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like um, Black Friday, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Where you have, you know, when you walk in a little bit late and it's like, damn, I got to <laughs> gotta pick through the pick through the clothes to find that one piece that I wanted or you know when you go to that cell at the mall you're like ooh or Ross. child yeah oh, right Ross. you know like, <laughs> oh man I'm really trying to find some of the quality didn't really find it um so I kind of just stopped using it um and then there were some people that I supported on Instagram who sold on TPT and I supported them for the sake of supporting their quote-unquote brands um but then I was just like like, this is all stuff that I can create on my own. So I was just like, why do I want to continue <laughs> to do this? Like, to pay this money for it if I can just create it. But then also, I, when I saw, like, there were teachers who were making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Millions. Millions of dollars off of work that I could create on my own. And that I then realized that other people had created before, it just ugh, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. For me, I think what happened because I I still purchased even into this school year. I think the last thing I purchased was maybe November before I just started really thinking critically about 
the platform as a whole. Um, because like you, I had teachers I followed on Instagram and I, I wanted to support them. I wanted to support black educators and like the things that they were producing. Um, but even then there's like a line that I've defined over the summer and like through the past school year that like, just because we are of a similar background doesn't mean I need to support you in your endeavors on this platform that I don't support. I can support you in other ways if I choose to continue to do that. Um, but I remember thinking, you know, there there has to be a way that people are getting rich off of this. And I Googled, like, Teachers Pay Teachers, like, getting rich. And Deanna Jump came up. That woman has made millions um, off of TPT. And I don't think she even teaches anymore. And she's still charging full price for all her little bundles that the ones I've seen seem to bite off of um, Jan Richardson and a lot of Fountas and Pinnell work. Um, so once I read that and I was able to connect the dots, I was just like, oh, this is what this is. Okay, I see what we're doing. So that that yes. kind of cleared it up for me. I'm like, I'm done with this. No more. For those who don't know, we can rewind a little bit. Teachers Pay Teachers was founded actually in... 2014, right? Uh, it wasn't mm-mm. before that. It was before. It was in New York, though. April 2006 by a man named Paul... He was a New York City Eld- teacher. Eldman, yes. Um, <clears throat> he's a former New York City public school teacher and was... Um, and the site was acquired by Scholastic. Mm-hmm. Yep, it didn't work out. <laughs> Scholastic. And then he bought it again in 2009. And he spun it back out as a private business. And so for those who don't know, it's, a, it's an online marketplace um, where teachers sell their lesson plan. I don't think Maybe not their yeah, lesson plans. Okay, so they sell their materials, so their worksheets, maybe a PowerPoint, maybe like a template for a game or something like that. Um, and they sell it to other teachers for money. Um, we could just call it course materials. They sell a course materials. Um, there are some people who sell it for free, but the site lives on the fact that teachers sell their materials to other teachers for money. So I guess it doesn't, like when I talk about teachers, free teachers, I think people take it personal um, because I get it. Like your money is tied to this, right? But I wish we could all realize that it's just one small puzzle piece of a much larger issue. And I think that's why it's so easy for me to just be completely done with it because I realize that it's not the entire thing, right? Yes. And can we name that larger issue? You can. (laughs) Starts with a C, boys and girls. How many syllables? Let's clap it out. Capitalism. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) teachers pay teachers really plays into this capitalistic society that we live in. And for those who know the very basics of capitalism, you know that in order to have winners, you need what? Some losers. You need a lot of losers in order to have some winners. And and I think like the thing that has kind of bothered me the most is 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 that teaching has always been about collaboration for the sake of all children, right? 
But when we put start to put a price tag on um, materials, mediocre materials at that, um, it kind of puts this exclusivity on knowledge, which I think is inherently problematic. I've literally had people that, and not where I currently am, um, I've literally had people like I ask, oh, well, like this looked cool. Where'd you get it? Where'd you get the idea? Oh, I bought it on Teachers Pay Teachers. You can buy it. Oh. Yikes. Okay. Yikes. Um, Yikes. No, I will not be buying it. I'll take a picture though because I'm going to recreate it. But th- thanks, but no thanks, right? Like, why would you even fix your mouth to tell me to go? Whatever. Now, there are some people who are, who would say, or who would probably have already said, Teachers should be paid for their time and their intellectual property um, because there are some districts who own the very materials and lessons that they come up with. So what would you say to those teachers? I feel like that's <laughs> a trick question. Um, like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be paid for what you create, right? But, man, I really have an issue with all of it. Um, I don't want to say, like, get over it, but. Here's my question. Is your work really worth $3? How much? Okay, first of all, like, how much of that $3 are you even getting? 40%. Well, they're, they're getting 60% of that. The, this guy who created PPT uh, is, like, laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, so they get 60%. Unless they have like a premium account, then they get more. a little bit more than that. But well, I mean, honestly, honestly, honestly all of it, everything I've seen on there is something you can easily create in PowerPoint yourself. All you do- <laughs> let me tell you, if I'm gonna do work and I'm gonna sell my work, I'm definitely not gonna charge three dollars for it. I'm definitely not gonna charge five dollars for it. Be <laughs> be. I can't, I can't even speak. Are you going to charge for the research that you that you found and have incorporated in your? <laughs> what does that mean, though? Be, because for those teachers who are, you know, actually doing that research, you know, and they're putting that. Re- I don't. First of all, I don't know a lot of people who are doing research and putting that research on teachers paid teachers. But for those that are very slim few who are actually, you know, researching and putting that innovative, that new stuff on TPT. I'm wondering, like, what goes through your mind that you believe that that piece of knowledge should be exclusive? I think even professors or um, researchers, like, like you work they might write. People will read your work. Like you research so people can can share in this knowledge. There's every piece of every article, every peer reviewed journal I've ever read. If it was behind a paywall and I couldn't get to it, I could email the person. They sent it to me for free. That's happened several That's times happened this summer. Several times, and so I don't oh. understand why anyone would think it was appropriate to like hoard knowledge this way. It didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her face. I, that up. I really am. <laughs> because everything I learn, like I freely share, right? Because I want everyone else to know it. Because if it's made me better, it can also make you better. And it's funny too, because there's this, 
down with scripted curriculum, which I have felt for a very long time, right? But then we go right on this website and we purchase scripted curriculum. It don't make no sense. So for somebody, and here's the gag of it all, for somebody else's kids, for somebody else's kids, they are not even your kids. And so if you're truly doing that teaching that you say that you are, then you must know that you have to, have to, have to differentiate um, your your work for your students, which in turn, you are <laughs> recreating the very thing that you just paid $5 for. So how much time did you really save? You could have bought a latte with that. <sighs> a latte? A book um, from half price? Wow. A gallon of gas? Two gallons of gas? Two gallons? Really? Yeah. In Houston, you can. Not in, not in D.C. <laughs> Gallon and a quarter, gallon and a half on a good day, on a good day. I just, so if you're like, so you buy these, right? And people can choose to update the product, but if they don't update the product and you, like you used some PowerPoint last year, like, are you teaching it the exact same way the next year? Like, did you not learn anything new to change, to, to show and share with your students? Like, that's the part that gets me. Because I'm always learning and I'm you use that knowledge and you adjust how you teach, right? No? That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. But I also think that ultimately, you know, if you choose to sell on there or you choose to purchase on there, you know, that's your prerogative. It At the end of the day, that's how you are choosing to spend your hard on, your hard on, earned. <laughs> wow, I can't speak earned. Your hard, <laughs> your hard earned coins. Like that's what you're choosing to do. And nobody can tell you otherwise. But our point to you is this, understand the larger implications that come with supporting a website that lives on the cheapening of our profession and the degrading of our profession ultimately. I think it's also like, I think it's also worth bringing up like people who can't afford these products, but want what you appear to be selling. So like maybe you don't have any teaching materials at your school, but you really just do not have the money, the extra money to go and pay another teacher for this PDF file that they've put together that says that it's going to teach the standards that you need to be teaching. So now we have, we've created even more of a divide, right? So some teachers can access this materials and they can offer it to their students and some teachers cannot. So like you are, you're contributing to that. But they're going to say like, Hey, we're teachers. We are working hard. We are putting in the work to create content you know they call themselves content creators now and they're they're going to conferences exclusive and (laughs) exclusive education conferences i'm screaming what are those you can't sit with you can't sit with us conferences are you kidding me i wonder if if i were to message anyone that's sold on there. I have a few in mind. If I were to message and 
say like, you know, I really can't afford it, but I want to use this in my classroom if they would actually like dig into their soul and remember how teachers share and offer that. They might tell you that, hey, we have so many sales and 20% off, 50% off sales that no. you can take advantage of. <laughs> but you're not willing to share. <laughs> I will say that since I've taken such a hard stance on it, um, people feel inclined to send me their products, which is interesting. Um, what have you learned from those products that have been sent to you? I could have made it myself. Yeah. <laughs> And here's the last thing I'll say about this, uh, which I think is my biggest pet peeve of it all, is that there's one thing to create worksheets, right, that we all can do. It's one thing to to create PowerPoints. It's another thing to write text um, that you're calling, like, complex text or, or leveled readers um, that you literally made up on your own um that really just don't get the job done i've seen some (laughs) that because you know we're on summer break i had time um some pieces of work that are like verbatim from wikipedia on historical things wow 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 okay Six ninety nine. Oh no, it's like thirty dollars. It's a packet, a bundle wow. to teach something we don't all have time to teach. So if not TPT, then what? Like an alternative? If we say down with TPT, if we say no TPT, then what? It, I don't know. It wouldn't change anything for me. Like we need to get back to sharing. Just regular collaboration. Yeah. I mean, so for me in my classroom, I use a lot of templates where like the kid will, the child will fill in information. So it wouldn't really, like it requires more work on, more work on my part, thinking of like how I'm going to execute the lesson than thinking of like what paper they're using to record information. Yes. And I think like, as we move into um, this era or generation of less worksheets anyway we want more hands-on experiences for our youth so those parents and non-educators who are listening you make sure that your children are not using whole teachers pay teachers bundles but are actually using um or actually having hands-on experiences are actually using professional development books, you know, articles from actual colleges and things like that to help the teacher drive their learning. Because as we know, there is no one size fit all anything for our children. And because we know that, then we have to then internalize that as educators and do the work that it takes to personalize everything for our children. And I, like I know it's possible because people were teaching for years and years before Teachers Pay Teachers came around. Um, yeah. Hundreds. hundreds, right? And 
I always plug in Montessori. Like the Montessori environment is there and they're doing hands-on things and they're not using teachers pay teachers. Those kids are doing just fine, if not better. Yikes. Any other comments? I don't know. I think I've said all I have to say about teachers pay teachers. I think I'm, I'm thankful that I put it in my little bio on Instagram because people don't come into my DMs with trash because it's right there for you. Like, like, read, you read that first. If you haven't read it, please refer to it. Save me a lot of drama, I think. And don't like, I don't know. I don't really want to hear the defense arguments, right? Of teachers pay teachers because I think we've both plainly laid out the problems with it and how it's a, a symptom of a larger problem. The fact that you feel like you have to go spend your hard-earned money to subsidize public education. And we're doing ourselves a, disser- a disservice by using it because when you have walkthroughs and observations from district people and they see like kids using bright, colorful materials and things that you've laminated and cut and done all these wonderful things to create this beautiful, bright environment, they think that that the district has provided you with that. And it, it just, it paints a false picture. And they haven't. They haven't given you that. And so with that, guys, you got to know, just go ahead and let it um, go. <laughs> let it go. And let's get back to co- to collaborating, spending our time really dismantling capitalism, holding these districts accountable to paying us what we deserve to be paid so we don't feel like we have to pay $3 for a mediocre worksheet. And let's give our kids a personalized education experience that best reflects who they are as people and where they need to go in the world. Yes. You said that beautifully. And with, oh, <laughs> thank you. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. And we're back. It is now time for our q and A. I think we need a I'm wrestling with this idea we need a cute name for things, but it'll come maybe yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, um please reach out and let us know. but you in the meantime, you can send your questions to commonsensepod at gmail dot com or you can go to our website commonsensepod.com dot com to send your questions and so here is the first question. Hey, I love your podcast. The beginning of the school year is coming up and my younger brother is in the fourth grade. Um, He said that he hates school. How can I help him to love school more? And how would you teach a child who said that they hate school? Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, You need to find something that they enjoy and a way to tie that in. Because there's something every child enjoys, right? He probably had a negative experience last year, so pinpointing what that might have been and making sure that that doesn't happen and being proactive about it in fourth grade. I think one of the beauties of being a teacher is that we get a chance to start over every year. There's this thing called the beginning of the school year, the first day of school, and on that day you have a clean slate. And so to really take advantage of that and to have those conversations with their new teachers so that they are aware of what they can do to change that for them to change that for them absolutely yeah 
And I think one thing that you can do is to share your school experiences and how fun school was for you. And um, like you said, also to tie in those interests that kids do like and figure out how you can tie that into their school experience. I think that that's really important. So if you know that your kid loves basketball, then if there's a basketball team at your school, you should definitely encourage them to try out. And then you should also tell their teacher that, oh, hey, my kid really loves basketball. Is there a way that he can read? Or do you have any recommendations for um, independent reading books that are surrounding you know, basketball, which are a ton? So how can you help you know, integrate his interest into school? I think it's going to be really important. I think that stands for all kids. We should be mindful of that. Yes. Because you don't want to walk into an environment and have to be there every single day. Um, and it doesn't reflect any part of who you are. Which we know happens a lot. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Hi. I'm a white female teacher in Southeast Seattle. I'm fortunate that many of my colleagues are educators of color and I learn so much from them as I teach in their community. I appreciate the opportunity to hear yours and Antonia's perspectives on education, especially since we are closer in age than my colleagues. I'm wondering what you wish white teachers knew about culturally responsive teaching in communities of color, particularly African-American students. Thank you for your time. You can't save anybody. I think that's something that all of them think. And that's probably like awful to say, right? That all of them think that. Um Oh my goodness. <laughs> like question your motives, right? Like I know we fall into and I use, I feel like fall into is the wrong word to use, but we end up in different schools based on different things. Um mm. maybe that's the only place that was hiring then or maybe you really wanted to go here, like a variety of reasons that lead to why you're where you're at. But questioning your intent for being there and like keeping that at the forefront I think I think to be a white educator in a community of color is to be in a constant conversation with yourself in a constant state of reflection so that you are ensuring that your biases are being checked your privileges are being checked and that you are doing everything that you need to do to meet your students where they are. And I think you need to do a lot of reading. I don't yeah, think that's what I was about to say. A lot of reading, listening to us on the podcast and that's really going to help you. I think you have a lot of reading to do. There are so many educators, scholars, researchers, students even who have written things that they want um, their, their teachers to know. Um, and so I would just go to Google and type in um, culturally responsive teaching for white teachers. And I am sure a ton of things will come up for you. So good luck. So what's our quote this week? It's coming from at President Pat. <laughs> Is it really? On Twitter, some yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you want to read that? You want me to read that? 
Um, I think you should read it. Okay. My biggest issue, this is coming on January 8th. My biggest issue with this teachers pay teacher era is that it makes us focus on the product and not the process. The learning happens when we think. I don't want the worksheets. I want to know the mistakes you made, the questions you had. This will make us better for our kids. Yes. Yes. I I mean, that's what it really boils down to is that I don't want us obsessed with materials that we lose sight that teaching is really an art form and it's about critical thinking. That's what it boils down to. What's going to make me a better teacher is not that I downloaded this worksheet or I downloaded this PowerPoint, but is that you said something that made me think differently and therefore I'm going to act differently. I'm going to do something differently. I'm going to teach differently. I'm going to ask better questions. I'm going to choose better texts. It's like a worksheet has never changed the world. And that's what I want us to really take away from this is that it's the process. It's a conceptual wrestling that we're going to do. That's really going to make us better teachers. And unfortunately teachers pay teachers has had some sort of impact on our field um, as educators, our, you know, our education field and not for the better. Um, We are so obsessed with the trendiness of it, the holiday issues, the, all these other things. But at the end of the day, it's really about the process. It's, it's really about what you choose um, to think about and to wrestle with so that you can be a better teacher who's, you know, stands alongside your students every single day. So eloquently put. Oh, thank you. Um, my quote is from Black Ants and Buddhists. It's a book by Mary Calhay. Um, it was one of our textbooks during one of my undergrad classes, one of the education courses. I just knew you were about to say grad school. Oh, no, not grad school. <laughs> Haven't I talked about that on here? How it's not very, uh, I, mean, I think you did mention it was trash. It is what it is. So, um, this is found on page 61 if anyone decides to go purchase the book, which I would definitely recommend. Um, Every time I admitted I couldn't answer a question, a new learning opportunity arose. I saw that when I modeled critical thinking and intellectually curious behavior, children imitated those habits of mind. Mm. That's something I really try to keep at the forefront. And even in kindergarten, I am very open about when I don't know. I don't think it's appropriate to present ourselves as experts on everything um, because I also am still a learner. Um, And I I really want children to, from the very beginning, see that adults are also still learning. So if I can be open and vocal about when Miss Adams doesn't know something, then hopefully they'll also be open and vocal about when they don't know something and they'll seek ways to go find out the answer to their questions. So, yeah. Awesome. So folks, this is our take on it. If you have any other questions about how we feel about teachers pay teachers, we're going to link you to this, uh, <laughs> to this, <laughs> to this podcast every single time. Um, do you have any announcements that are coming up this week or any big things coming up? Um, the first day of school. 
Yay! That's exciting. It's very exciting. But other than that, no. What about um, you? Shout out, to, shout out to everybody who came to our um, Black Teachers Talk. Oh, yes! That was so fun. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, we had a really great discussion with Michelle Foster, who... Ugh, wrote the book. Wanted, she wrote the book and dropped gems for free. For free. Not for one ninety nine. So I was just really, really, really excited um, with the turnout of that and the quality of that discussion. And folks have been asking us when we're going to do it again. And the truth is, uh, we just don't know. Uh, so um, I'm going to see. Yes, yes. I'm going to um, see Beyonce soon. And then I'm going to prepare for the staff to return um, on the, I don't even know, but my kids don't go back to after Labor Day. So we're just chilling. We're just chilling. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah.